When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Rod Podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 105.7 The Fan, with my guy, of course, Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And of course, Cordell, the 50 man, excuse me, the 53 man roster has been finalized. And first and foremost, I just have to say, it was the slowest roster reveal that I have seen out of any of the NFL teams. Yes, it was four o'clock deadline, but I feel like we were still getting information about it nine o'clock at night last night about the final roster, which was very interesting to say the least. But Finally, we, we got an idea of what uh, who made the roster, who didn't make the roster. And I really didn't feel like this was a very hard um, roster move, roster cuts. Nothing looked out of the realm for me or, or someone made it that I was like, wow, I don't think I've seen that coming. So when you looked at the final 53-man roster, did you feel like, okay, these were the guys that I expected to make the roster? Was there anyone that uh, caught you off guard in terms of making the roster? Well, yeah, I mean, there, there, there is a couple of people I would say uh, that was a little bit of a surprise. I mean, you look at it, uh, Arthur Mullet makes the team essentially over Caillou Kelly. Um, we, well, and, we, but do we, is it because Caillou struggled early on when he played? And well, yeah, I, think I mean, that- it, it's, it's not, it's, it's not necessarily, I guess the surprise is, is that the Ravens usually don't, throw in the towel on their draft picks this early. You know what I'm saying? This is Every, true, yeah. I use a fifth-round pick. They usually yeah. try to uh, give these guys every opportunity. And especially when you think about what how decimated – I guess maybe this is part of the reason why the move happened. The cornerback room is so decimated right now that anybody that's there is probably going to have to play – and Caillou's not ready to go out there and play now. When he looked, yep. when he went out there against the Washington starters, it wasn't great. Uh, really, when he's out, I mean, the Eagles didn't play their starters, and uh, the but the Bucks did, and it wasn't great for him in that one either. So, uh, I mean, he got better as the preseason went on. Um, I'll, I'll give him that. Definitely a rough start, but he's a rookie. But the unfortunate part for him is he just wasn't able to get that usual leash that a, a rookie would get. But I am a little surprised that Millette is the guy on the team because he missed quite a bit of time uh, with the, due to injury. It's not like when he was out there, he was so great, you know. So I, I, I'm I not overly surprised, but I guess the biggest surprise in that is just the fact that they went away from their fifth-round pick so quickly. Yeah, um, I, I feel like that, that in that case, in terms of Millette, they're going with I, I'm just it's just my assumption here, right? That they're going with the experienced guy mm-hmm. 
over the guy that is a rookie and has a lot of work to do. And I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, Kelly is going to go to the practice squad. Uh, Caillou Kelly, yeah, they're going to try yes. to get him back on the practice squad. Yeah, yeah, they're going to try. They're going to obviously another team can consign him, um, you know, and he can move on. But if that doesn't happen, he can be um, put on the practice squad and, and potentially developed into the guy that they would like him to be. Anyone else that you saw? Um, it's not a huge surprise, uh, but. It's more so about who they let go, I guess, in this case, um, would be uh, Sam Mustafer. Uh, yeah. Because um, that was kind of like a back-end thing. For the most part, during camp, he was the backup center. And towards maybe, I would say, the last week or two of camp, you started to see them at least give Makari a look at center. Um, so I, I started to kind of think about, okay, there's, maybe that's they're just trying to see what it looks like um, outside of him. Um, uh, another one, another cut would, would, would probably be Kavon Seymour, um, who they're probably going to bring back. Any bring day back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a best vet. Um, but I, I like Seymour. I, I, I feel like, like, Maybe Mollette would have been the guy, you know, I mean, but maybe, you know, this is a way for them to keep both. I get it. So it's it's all, that's really what a lot of the roster moves are about. It's just roster manipulation, trying ways to, to keep as many people uh, as possible. But in terms of people that made the team, it, it really wasn't many more surprises as I'm looking at it. I mean, Malik Han, we talked him up a lot. Throughout yep. uh, pre uh, throughout camp, I mean, he was he had a really strong camp, um, and he was able to make the team despite missing time. Uh, I think he got hurt in the Commanders game, and we yep. really haven't seen him out there since. So um, that lets you know that they had already kind of had it in their mind, like, okay, this this guy's going to be on the team now. He'll probably go to IR. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens to him, but definitely uh, that's cool to see him. And uh, obviously, Keaton Mitchell make the team the two undrafted guys. Yeah, I mean, listen, we know Keaton Mitchell was going to make it. Um, so it was really just a, a matter of time of when Melvin Gordon was going to be cut. Um, I, I am really proud and happy for Malik Ham, a young local kid, um, and, and able to stay home and, you know, be uh, – local and be for the team that he grew up um, rooting for. Um, in terms of Mustafa, I want to go back to that because you, you mentioned that situation and, and how they were moving Macari. Um, do you think that the need of cornerback is essentially what got Mustafa out? Because it wasn't like he played bad, but obviously it is a numbers game. And obviously the Ravens are trying to figure out what to do on the back end of that defense to make up for Marlon Humphrey's absence. Do you think it was, uh, I, I feel like this was just a simple thing of, well, we kind of need more DBs. We kind of need more wide receivers so we can score more points and try to prevent points from being scored. And as much as we know that the Ravens um, like having offensive players, you know, just on their um, stack on their roster, it just feels like, you know, he got cut in, in terms of like, well, we need more DBs at this point. I mean, it's a numbers game right now. Right. And the Ravens have eight DBs 
on the roster, uh, the initial 53-man roster now. The Pepe Williams will probably go to IR. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens with Marlon. I asked John yesterday, was he still confident in the first quarter uh, soft timeline that he gave us? And he said he was. Um, so I have to assume off John's word that Humphrey isn't going to go on the short-term IR to start the year. Um, yep. So that leaves you uh, Ardarius, who's who's going to be there, Darby, who's going to be there, Armour Davis, who's going to be there. Um, I'm looking at Kavon Seymour is going to slide right in and fill in that spot for Pepe once he goes on the IR. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Mustafa, I don't think that this is a, necessarily a situation to where – because essentially it was Ben Cleveland that made the team over Sam Mustafer. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. And I mean, which is, which is interesting within itself, right? It is. A lot of people, now, a lot of people, I, 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 Ben Cleveland did struggle in the beginning, but it, I think that he rebounded himself enough, I guess, to solidify a roster spot. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. And I think at the end of the day, they would have rather get a trade for him to get little to nothing than to cut him and, and get nothing in return. So, and I, I think he did put together quality game tape. Like it wasn't always pretty, but I, I do think that he did a, he, he had his moments where he looked good. Um, good enough. I'll say. Um, so yeah, I mean, Sam Mustafa is a vested vet. We'll see what happens. You know, if he ends up back on the team on the practice squad or something like that, um, but that that was probably another one that stood out to me. Um, this isn't a surprise, but just kind of the name here in Baltimore, James Prochet being let go. Um, yeah. Like I said, not really a surprise. And I think Prochet has talent. Like I've, I was one I of the people that wanted to see I, – I was excited about him getting more playing time last season because I wanted to see what he could do. And it just yep. never really worked out for him. I mean, I, yeah. for a variety of reasons, I'm sure. Um, some on him and some is just probably, you know, a byproduct of his play not helping his confidence and, and it impacts how they look at him. Um, I just think he needs a fresh change of scenery. I, I, I think he could play in this league. I do. Yeah. Um, I just think he needs to go somewhere where he could get a fresh set of eyes on him, get some fresh teammates. Uh, John Simpson, who won the left guard battle, he spoke to us yesterday, and he just talked about how the change of scenery helped him. You know, this is a guy that was cut by the Raiders, and, yep. and he talked about how his confidence took a hit, and here he is, the starting left guard for the Ravens the next year. So um, I, I think James Prochet could definitely find, you know, find his niche somewhere else. And I'm excited to see where he gets a fresh start at. I would love to see him go to a place like Denver where they've, they, they're down three wide receivers. Mm -hmm. um, and then they have um, Sean Payton as their coach. And so an, an offensive mind that could potentially help him with his confidence, which I do think has, has been a part of what's going on with him. And then adding the fact that, you know, we know that he's lost his mother and we still wish his, uh, we, we send our condolences to that. Um, all of those things take place into what happens. I agree with you. I do think that Crochet has talent, but I think that Baltimore was probably not going to be the place where he was going to um, 
exceed at, at uh, expectation that, you know, people had set for him. So hopefully he's able to find a new home um, and be able to move forward. Let's talk um, on the next segment. Let's talk about the quarterback situation. You and I had conversations about this, about who we thought would win the quarterback situation. And obviously we know now what it is. So we'll talk about that when we come back. So of course, as we know, Cordell, there are two quarterbacks on the roster currently. And that is, of course, Lamar Jackson. Shocker. <laughs> you know, wasn't right, wasn't going nowhere. And Tyler Huntley, he is the one who made um, the second quarterback and the backup. And you and I had had conversations about this, and um, it's no secret about how I feel in terms of Tyler Huntley's uh, on-field ability because it, it has nothing to do with him as a person. Um, and so I've always felt, though, that even with everything that I said and feeling like Josh Johnson feels better in this offense in terms of running it as opposed to like him being in Greg Roman's offense. Um, him being a journeyman and his age were two things that were going to be knocked against them. Tyler is still very young um, and still, you know, you could probably still um, teach him uh, some things that you can implement into this new offense. So were you surprised that Tyler um, made the second quarterback and do you envision any of the uh, two guys between Josh Johnson and Anthony Brown to be back in a Ravens uniform um, sometime this season? Uh, yes. To, to all of that. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll start with Tyler Huntley. I, I did expect him to be the backup. I mean, Josh Johnson surprised me in how good he looked in game yeah. uh, throughout the preseason. I mean, he ran this offense really smoothly. Um, really, and he had, was playing against starters, by the right, way. You know, right, yeah. yeah. So I, I think mean, it's what, yeah. In in the in the uh the Eagles one, you know, they they had some of their starters out there, um, at the time, and um, I I, I was impressed by Josh Johnson. I'll, I'll definitely give him that. Um, but Tyler Huntley, in his limited time on the field in the preseason, looked. Better. I mean, I would. I would. I mean, outside of that drive that Josh Johnson had against the Bucks, that opening drive where he went six for six and finishes it with a touchdown to Laquan Treadwell. Other than that, I mean, that was that drive was probably better than that Huntley drive. But Huntley looked good. I mean, the Ravens streak was looking like it was going to be ended in the Eagles preseason game uh, mm -hmm. before Tyler Huntley came in the game in the second half. So, yeah. I, I, I think Huntley really showed what he could do in this offense. Obviously, there's probably still a bad taste left in their mouth for Tyler Huntley over how last year ended, over how it probably understandable looked, uh, two years ago when he filled in for Lamar. I mean, even though he wasn't as bad as he was last year, um, last year he I felt like he took a step back. Um, Which is why I'm surprised that he made the roster and knowing that Josh Johnson played as well as he did, but maybe again, right. youth, youth and being in on this team maybe was on his side. I, I also think at the end of the day, there's more upside with Huntley. Like his ceiling okay. is higher than Josh, Josh Johnson's ceiling, ceiling on any given Sunday. I, I think there's that. Um, and Josh Johnson in game, it – I mean, in the preseason, it's been great, but in the regular season when he's had to fill in throughout the last few years, like he's he's more so been known as 
man, Josh Johnson just came and saved the day because we literally had no other quarterback left on our team. You know what I'm saying? Like we actually have a quarterback to put on the field, but it's not like he's gone out there and look good in those in those regular season games or the I'm not necessarily going to hold the the NFC championship game against him from last year like that was just a, a terrible situation all around and he got um, concussed in that game anyway right, so I mean right. you know yeah. eventually I mean, that, he that, play. Just, that just kind of is down the drain um but I, I just still feel like Huntley with his mobility I think they feel like because Huntley did throw the ball well in the playoff game last year. He was dealing with the shoulder issue all year. So I feel like his shoulder may have kind of give, you know, came back. I I just think they still feel like Huntley gives them their best chance to win when it's all said and done. Josh Johnson, they like him. They're going to try to bring him back to your second question about will him or Anthony Brown be back? I think Josh Johnson will be back really soon. He's another obvious, obvious vested vet at 35 years old. So um, I think he's 37, actually. Oh, yeah, I think he's closer yeah. to 40 than yeah, he is. like to yeah. admit. And that's, a, I mean, <laughs> and that's another thing. I mean, unless it's Aaron Rodgers or somebody yep. like that, do you really want a, a you know a guy at that age starting a game for you right now? I, I don't think so. Yeah, and I remember he played in the Bengals game um, a couple of years ago, and I don't think he played too bad. I think he threw for over three hundred yards. Now, of course, they're trying to ke- they're trying to keep up right. um, with the Bengals at that time, and so it wasn't they had to throw the ball right. Um, but I do agree that yes, while he played well this preseason, I think that you have to kind of go on the side of the youth. Um, in terms of Tyler Huntley, even though uh, we know that Todd Munkin likes Josh Johnson and has said, you know, has made that known that he likes Josh Johnson. Um, but, you know, Huntley, can, you could can still have an opportunity to try to, to develop him. I, I've said this numerous times on this podcast. I don't love his decision making all the time. Um, I don't love his arm strength all the time, but that doesn't mean that he can't learn to be a very smart player that knows when to utilize his strengths and to mask his weaknesses. Um, and, and that can definitely be something that he learns along the way, which feels like because of how old he is, he's more um, in a position to be molded into what they want him to be, as opposed to a guy that's 37 years old. That man is what we call an exennial at this point. He is, a, he is that old, okay? He, could, he is outside <laughs> of the moon of Gen X, right. which tells you how old he is okay uh so and still playing football and like you said he's not tom brady or aaron Rodgers, you know out here still playing ball so you know you're gonna go with the the upside of the guy that's younger that you can feel like you can you know help build into the quarterback that you want him to be so it wasn't really a surprise in that regard but the way that i felt like they played and this is this kind of sucks too for Huntley as well because he only played one preseason game. So I'm I'm only going by what I saw Josh Johnson do for the most part because yes, Tyler Huntley did play very well in that first preseason game. Um but that's the only time that I saw him mm-hmm. uh, in terms in terms of being on the field um this season. So we do have more film with Josh Johnson. We do have more film with Anthony Brown. Of course, that conversation was going to happen. But I also understand why the Ravens say it doesn't matter. We, we've been rocking with, you know, Tyler and we're going to continue to rock with Tyler. 
Yeah, I mean, it's comfortability there. I mean, even though you may not have enjoyed everything you've seen from him when you've seen him out there, um, it is comfortability there. Um, And yeah, I just just still think in their mind, when it boils down to it, they think he still gives them the best chance to win. But I am curious to see what happens. I mean, because as literally as of right now, Josh Johnson, when he is brought back on the team, he would essentially be the number two guy right now because I don't believe Tyler Huntley is ready to play a game right now. That's valid. That's a good point. Josh Johnson probably will be the legit number two for now, and we'll see what happens if they ever – even look, at the end of the day, if Lamar is not back there at quarterback, they're screwed no matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't (laughs) matter. (laughs) So hopefully we don't have to find out who the true number two is uh, because if we do, it's just bad news for everybody. So – what is the ailment with Tyler that we know specifically for sure? And this is just for those that are listening. Yeah, he's dealing with a hamstring issue that uh, okay. he got taken out of the Eagles preseason game uh, to start the preseason. And he is back on the field now. He's running on the side field or trying to run. He's not up to full speed just yet, um, but he is working his way back to the point to where this week he he is on the field. Okay. All right. So uh, basically, we will we still anticipate seeing a full black quarterback room yes. and quarterback coaching cast uh, for 2023. So one of the things that um, has been very vague, I'd like to say, this uh, training camp season has been Tyus Bowser and his injury. The outside linebacker has been on the NFI non-football injury list, essentially the entire training camp. Uh, We have not seen Tyus in action at all. Tyus has been practicing, um, but it is to my understanding that he has been moved to the pup list to start the season. So Cordell, if you could tell the listeners, what exactly has been told that is going on with Tyus? Because I really feel like this is one of the injuries where they've just kind of laid low about this. And then what do you envision them doing in Tyler's absence? Yeah. um, This Tyus Bowser situation has been a weird one. I feel like all all off season um, because he got eventually did get back on the field last year. And you thought that he would be kind of okay this year. Um, you'd get a healthier version of Tyus Bowser of anything. That's what I thought we were going to get this year. And around OTAs and stuff, we see him out there. Um, I can't remember if he was on the field for OTAs. I got to go back and look at my notes. Um, but he, if, if nothing else, he might've been out there working out or something on the side field. And as it went on, we get to, I, I think from mini camp to training camp, he's not even, out there working out anymore he's just not on the field at all and he now has progressed to the point to where he's out there trying to run he's not up to full speed either um but we were the last thing john harbaugh told us is that he has an agitated knee and a couple weeks ago he said at the time that he didn't feel like tyus bowser was in jeopardy to miss week one obviously that's changed with him going on the pup list now he'll be out the first at least the first four weeks um and it's concerning to me it's concerning to me because 
I just don't know what to expect from from him anymore. Um, and obviously, nobody can control their injuries. Um, but it just seems like this is one that they're un, you know, kind of blindsided them a little bit, and everybody's trying to play catch up with it right now. And nobody really has a true timeline on when they think he'll be back. I mean, like I said, it is good that this week he got back to being on the field and, and trying to run. That's a step in the right direction. Um, but you, you do have to wonder, I mean, if this a knee again, um, I mean, well, he, it was what the Achilles the first time, right? Uh, I, I feel like and if, if the, a knee issue. Yes, that was. That's the towards Achilles. Yeah. So the, the knee right now, I mean, that's, that's obviously not a good combo uh, to have. So hopefully he can return soon, but it, it is one that has, had a, a growing concern for me. Absolutely. So now that Tyus uh, is on the pup list, how do you foresee the Ravens uh, making up for Tyus's loss? Yeah, I mean, well, you look at the people that they were able to keep uh, on on the roster. I mean, I Delshawn Phillips made the team, uh, which is good. He essentially makes it over Christian Welch. So I, I know they like him, but he's more of an inside guy. Uh, I mean, J Jadavian Clowney um, will be out there. I'm sure I'm sure yeah. he, that was a part of the thinking with going to get him. Um, so it'll, it'll be a lot of, I think they'll have to ask a lot of Jadavian Clowney to, to start the year, to be honest with you. I think you're going to yeah. see a lot of him. Um, but they don't have a lot of depth on the outside. I mean, we could end up seeing like Malik Harrison playing some outside at some point uh, because we saw them try that last year. It wasn't great, but you, I don't know what to expect with them. Tavius Robinson hasn't been practicing as of late. I don't really know what's going on with him. Um, so they're just banged up defensively. And I, I just have a, I mentioned a growing concern about Bowser, but just the defense as a whole, I'm a little worried about right now. I mean, about a month or two ago, we thought the defense would be one of the strong points, if not the strong point of the team to start the year with the offense, having a new offensive coordinator, learning a new scheme. Quite a few of their key guys missed most of training camp. So it was thought that maybe the defense would have to carry the load to start the year, but I don't know if they could be relied on to do that. I mean, it could look eerily similar to how last year started uh, defensively for them, where they were giving up a lot in the passing game because, uh, you know, the, the corners weren't really able to cover anybody down the field. And even though the pass rush was better than we thought, um, I, I worry about the pass rush a little bit this year. Yeah, as, and that's an understandable concern. You know, we didn't see – a lot of greatness from the backups in the preseason game. Now, granted, again, they played against starters. So you have to take that for what it's worth. But you still didn't love what you saw. And, you know, Ajabo is still trying to get himself together. He's essentially a rookie this year. So we have to give him some grace in that. So I'm going to throw a curveball to you, Cordell. And I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. There's a guy, I don't know if you heard this guy, I don't know how good he is. His name is um, Bosa mm. in San Francisco. Apparently he is not happy that he has not gotten a new contract yet. And that there is an A, some AFC teams that are, you know, sniffing around about a potential trade. 
you think that's something that the Ravens would be interested or 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 would have been a part of? I, I think anybody would love to have a Bosa on their team. Um, I would wonder if his price tag is going to be beyond <sighs> what the Ravens are able to do. Uh, yeah. We're in the Lamar era of the con, you know, of Lamar's contract right now. They just gave Roquan uh, a big time deal. They're still paying guys like Ronnie Stanley and Marlon Humphrey, and uh, they, you know, they you got Matt Abike who's in a contract year. Uh, Dobbins very true in a contract year. Very um, true. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if the Ravens are willing to really go to that price tag, but he does play a position that they value. Um, yep. He is a guy that would, um, when you talk about at least his play on the field, uh, that would probably fit right into what you think of when you think of past Ravens uh, players. Um, so I, like I said, I think anybody would love to have a Bosa it's just, are you going to be willing to pay for, for such Bosa? Trade value and monetary value. That's very true. I mean, obviously, there's some potential uh, things that you could do from a trade perspective, right? You can add a draft pick, but you could also add a player that mm -hmm. essentially he'd be replacing, right? But the money, I think, is the bigger issue. But it was a rumor going around uh, that an AFC team is sniffing around uh, out there for uh, in San Francisco and I was just curious on your thoughts to know if the Ravens yes post Lamar era would still be interested in uh, bolstering their roster for a guy like Bosa which I'm not gonna lie to you I'm kicking them ties okay yeah. what is I'm kicking them ties what is he asking for and what do you want mm -hmm. I mean so, I'm at least I'm gonna find out I'm, I'm at least gonna find out what you know what's happening there uh, and have a legit conversation internally um, yep. about it because that's a difference maker, you know. Absolutely. You, that, that's a true difference maker right there. I think this is wishful thinking on my part, but, you know, hey, listen, if something happened, we can always say, well, the Winning Drive podcast talked about it first. So. We definitely can. <laughs> we definitely can. So you got to put it out there just in case, just in case that there's an opportunity that, that presents itself. You got to be the ones to say, well, we said it first. So uh, just just thought I'd ask you uh, oh, yeah. those questions. So, of course, we know the 53-man roster has been uh, officially solidified. Ravens play on Sunday, September the 10th against the Houston Texans. We know that C.J. Stroud will be starting uh, the rookie from Ohio State, and the Ravens are very uh, good against not only um, starters, young rookie starters, but they're very good week one in the John Harbaugh era. So it should be fun. We'll be talking um, next week about the game plan for that leading up to the first week of the season. Football is officially here, Cordell, real football. I now, love it. Not preseason football, not that streak that we that we no longer have to talk about. Real football will officially be back next week. I'm excited to talk about it, uh, and we'll be talking about the game plans in the, the coming weeks. We want to thank you guys so much for listening. So from Cordell to me. Up, 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 up. What? We got a birthday on here. 
we can't we can't drop the episode on on the on the B day and, and, and not acknowledge it. We we gotta wish a happy birthday to our own uh Rita Hubbard. Happy birthday to you. I'm sure you're going to find a way uh to have fun today because you look like you're having fun every day. So I'm sure you'll have extra extra fun today. So happy birthday uh to Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm going to go see the MJ play. I'm excited yes. about it. So, you know, it, it'll be a fun time. So thank you for the birthday wishes. And thank you all for listening on my birthday and for the weeks to come. We, we are excited to talk some football with you all this season. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 